a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Welcome to the restricted section in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter. And it's honestly the most fucked up breakup of my life, including that one time that I wanted to dump Matt in person. Uh, So I waited until the next time we would both be home from college because he went to college in Pennsylvania and I went to college in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, And the next time we would both be home was actually Valentine's Day. And he had this like nice date planned and I felt bad taking that from him. Um, So I I let... (laughs) the date go on as planned and I waited until after the Valentine's Day date to break up with him and I um I actually had made him like a collage heart as a keepsake of the dumping for some reason (laughs) I cannot explain it anymore I was very young anyway we're here to talk about Harry Potter if you haven't done the reading don't worry we did it for you here's what we're talking about this week Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince chapter 11 Hermione's helping hand in which We do Quidditch tryouts and then go visit Hagrid. A classic two different things happening. (laughs) That's a chapter, baby. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is Leela. Say hello to the listeners, Leela. Hello, listeners. There's more than just Quidditch in this chapter. No, we have to go visit Hagrid, too, I said. (laughs) Yeah. And our special guest today is Fauna from Cats Tea and Witchcraft. Returning guest, say hello to the listeners, Fauna. Hello, everybody. We're so glad to have you back. Everyone loves your episodes. Um, in case you are recognizing her voice but don't remember where, from where, Fauna was on for Prisoner of Azkaban Chapter 6, Talons and Tea Leaves Part 1. That's back when I would have, in the olden days, I would have cut this chapter in half, the Quidditch <laughs> half and the Hagrid half. <laughs> That was the tea leaves portion of the show. That was back in December 2020. Goblet of Fire Chapter 23, The Yule Ball. Oh, my God. What a good chapter. That was January 2022. And then Order of the Phoenix Chapter 24, Occlumency. That was February 1st, 2023. Fauna, how the hell have you been since February 1st? Oh, a lot has happened for me, just uh-huh. with more so in my personal life. The episodes are kind of like once or twice a month, just because personal life's very busy. For those who follow my podcast, they know I recently got engaged this summer. I did oh some traveling God. in Europe. Congratulations. And also, just like I'm back in Europe, my, right? Yeah. Well, it, it was great. Was it Italia? It was. Oh, my God. That's no, there's like no other better place. Like eh, France, whatever. <laughs> Italy all the way. But yeah, I'm back on like a normal fucking work schedule. And otherwise, my listeners know very well that I've just been a shell of a person just because when you're working ridiculous hours, it's it's so hard to function. And even as a witch, like there's no summoning of anything to give you that energy when your hours are so ridiculous. Wait, that's one of the uh, hold on. Uh, Exception. Sorry, I'm just doing this isn't going to be a good enough joke. Uh, yeah, but, but I have to Google it. That reminds me of from Harry Potter, one of the five principal exceptions to Gamp's law of elemental transfiguration, mm-hmm. that you cannot create something from nothing. It what? must come from somewhere. You can't just manifest energy from nowhere. You have to take it from someone like an energy vampire. Mm-hmm. 
more or less not <laughs> uncommon to real magic. God, Tina, I kind of like forgot what we were talking about for a second there. But then it's I remembered. Harry Potter. <laughs> Fauna, for the people who forget, tell them about your podcast. So my podcast is Cat's Teen Witchcraft, and it talks about modern witchcraft, Wicca, paganism, and anything within the occult and spiritual realms that I feel is relevant. Um, a lot of the times, the episodes I feel are topics that witches and people who are interested in the topic should know if it's for important reasons just for their own development or if it's things that I feel are dangerous if they do not know about. Even if it's not a mm -hmm. dangerous topic, the lack of that knowledge can lead to different roads. And yeah. one of those topics I think that's very important um, as I slowly got more advanced with the episodes is the ideas of spiritual bypassing and the toxicity of like new age things because new age culture versus Wiccan which Wiccan and paganism, they kind of cross over, but they're not the same things at the same time. So a lot of those things that I go over that sometimes one of those things I'm actually going to talk about today, I was talking to Christina, I was like, hey, like just confirming what this is about, even though it's not completely relevant, it's something I feel that can like lead to it when you go down a rabbit hole of thinking about things. So I have some little tidbits for the end of the episode, yes. though. Yes. I can't wait yeah. to go down that rabbit hole with you. Yes. Yeah, Fauna was like, I have a rabbit hole. And I was like, Yeah, it's go. like a stretch of a rabbit <laughs> hole, but like, a rabbit it's, it's, it's ditch. still something that's important. <laughs> a rabbit ditch. A, look at this ditch. A rabbit lives here. We're not going to, we're not going to, uh, in a rabbit hole chasing a rabbit late for his date, but no Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> but just a rabbit Close, hole. Close, but. Close no cigar. Uh, for the listeners, I have just the slightest bit of a tickle in my throat, and I am overcorrecting really hard by taking a bunch of medication and drinking a little bit of a hot toddy right now. And I'm not used to drinking liquor, and I can already feel it. So this is going to be a great episode. It's also a big-ass mug. It's a it big-ass mug. a big mug because I had to make it a double. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's two shots of whiskey left. You can't blame me. And then I put some honey and some hot water and some lemon juice. Mmm, delicious. Fauna, where does book six lay for you, like, in your ranking of, of the books? Like, like, is it your favorite, your least favorite, in the middle somewhere? I really do like The Half-Blood Prince. On a scale, I would say Half-Blood Prince and The Deathly Hollows are probably my favorite, just because the level of depth compared yeah. to the other ones. They slowly progress, progressively got there. The first couple, a little more lighter, but like all the shit that we've been waiting for to come together are in yeah. those last two books. The last two is like the whole plot of yeah. the whole and series, it, it, really. Like the end of the, the fifth book, that's kind of where it really starts, and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then it kind of really builds up. Like the beginning of the seventh book, I remember reading it the day the book came out and going, what the fuck? <laughs> Within, like, the first two chapters. Oh, yeah, because it starts with Voldemort just straight up murdering a Hogwarts professor we've never met before. It starts, like, so metal. It's like, hey, in this book, we're just straight up murdering people. Like, really, like, kind of left and right. Yeah. This ain't your grandma's Harry Potter book. Yeah. yeah so the, the book five was the practice. This is the trial and the next one is the grand finale Ooh, that was a sentence that didn't need to get said it carried carried no meaning in the end yeah i'm finding that a lot of people like book six 
It's fun. It's, it's good. a good book. It's fun. It's it's also just like a really. I mean, it's been said so many times, but it's just a nice pickup from. Yeah, the pace is excellent. From five. It's like twenty percent shorter. The two, than yeah, book the two five. previous books were massive, too big. Five yeah, was out yeah. of control. It was too much. There's things happening in every chapter here. Sometimes two things, two things happen in this <laughs> chapter. <laughs> Plus some flirting, which that's like another reason that I like this book is that in every chapter, there's like a little bit of flirting. And it is funny. I it's we'll get into it, but I I do. I just love seeing these kids, you know, trying their best. (laughs) No. Yeah. Trying their best is better. So let's talk about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince chapter 11. Hermione's helping hand, which as someone on this show has mentioned in the last couple weeks. LOL. Sounds like a hand job joke. <laughs> it it really does. Come on. <laughs> How many times have you guys like had people be like, it's a book about children. It's just like, well, she should have known better when she's writing these things. That's the to thing. Yeah. We're, we're not allowed to make sex jokes about the child characters in this book series because yeah. what kind of monster would do that? But yeah. if there's a sex joke, this is more a language joke than anything else. Yeah. It's right in front of me. I didn't say anything. All yeah. I'm saying is, like, people would think this is a sex thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Out of context, just, just who's that name. Who's, like, who's someone who's really sexy? Like, what if it was, like... Henry Cavill. No, a different... A woman. Uh, has, what's her name? Henry's um, helping hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, if you gave it a sexy... What the, what the fuck is that bitch's name? Megan, the super hot one. Megan the Stallion? Megan Fox is oh. the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Megan the Stallion also. They both what, have what animal names in their what name. If, Fox, Stallion. Oh, that's very funny. Oh my god, all Megs are animals. Real hot girl but shit. If this said Megan's helping hand and you like didn't know who Megan was, you'd be like, that's gotta be a sex thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we start the chapter with a little bit of a back to school montage. Uh, how does it go in... A Harry Potter musical. Do you remember? Gotta get, gotta back, to get back to Hogwarts. Thank you. Thank you. Gotta get back to school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Wait, let's watch that again. Oh, Tina, it's so long. And so- I know, but I want to. <laughs> On like a dreary fall Friday evening where nobody wants to hang, a bottle of wine. Yeah. Or three, maybe if we want to make it through. Yeah. It'll take it may take thrice. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow, school is hard. Incredible. Who would have imagined that school would be hard? Nonverbal spells are, like, expected now, and they kind of just get, like, rolled into their back-to-school routine faster than they ever dreamed. They're like, we can't visit Hagrid. There's no time. As a reminder, (laughs) Hagrid's mad at them for not signing up for his class, but, like, also, like, not telling him that they didn't sign up for his class, just letting it happen to him live in class. Um, so they're like, we don't have any time to visit Hagrid, but honestly, and I feel strongly, for a friend that you've hurt, you make a little bit of time. Yeah. They have they have breaks, and like I would prioritize going to make amends with Hagrid over like one of they they talk in the last chapter about how many break periods they have. Yeah, but then it, but oh, well, is it the next chapter where they say the break periods were were filled with study? Are we not there yet? It, they say it in this chapter, but oh. I just they yeah, they still do. think you should go yeah, no. take an apology moment. You only need like an hour. 
Even Hermione yeah. brought it up. And she's the yeah. study studiest of them all. Yeah. He's indeed. like Hogwarts dad. Or like uncle. Because he he's a little of, goofy. He reminds me of um the dad in Steven Universe. What the fuck is his name? Mr. Universe. What's his first name? Greg? Is it Greg Universe? Have either of you watched that show? Not enough to remember. Oh my god. Well, I just but I, know, I, I have the, the visual of him, but I can't remember his name. I just made the connection that Hagrid is Greg Universe, and I love that. I'm gonna, You're I'm gonna, gonna Google. I was just gonna say, you can put that in the Discord. <laughs> Maybe, perhaps. <laughs> I'm literally about to share my screen so you can see this guy's vibe. <laughs> he's just always. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's very American looking. He's got like the beater with the farmer's tan underneath it. But um, where's one of him with like his van? I think that I Hagrid feel like would Hagrid would have a farmer's tan. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't wear what he wore. <laughs> Here he is, Hagrid in short sleeves. <laughs> ah, oh, yeah, yeah. If he didn't have that motorcycle, definitely. Yeah, that <laughs> that hippie van, a hundred percent. Yeah. I do think that the trio should have made time to go visit Hagrid. But on the flip side, Hagrid is fifty. Like 60, I think he's like 65 yeah. at this point, and he has been ignoring them, including right to their faces, which is also inappropriate. It's very childish. I, I think that's very petty. That's maybe my counter, our, my devil's advocate argument would be like, in their defense, like they are kids and he's an adult, sure. even like, if he's honestly, their friend. <laughs> yeah, he's very I, sensitive though. He's yes. So- Honestly, well, it's like why I, I, I she wrote him in this way, yeah, that is like reminiscent of like a Lenny from of mice and men. Yes, and she like she like wrote him to be this like gentle giant idiot. Yeah, he's so sensitive in a way that is like Ill, like deeply illogical. Like someone who's capable of having emotional reactions like this towards children should not 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 be teaching at all. Like absolutely not. He also had a really fucked up life, so maybe that um, emotional development wasn't all the way there. But totally. also, right now, and once they actually go visit him, they find out he has some shit going on that's making him a little sad. It's true. So, okay, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Just in case anyone listening doesn't know, here's what you do. Hey, Leela, you didn't sign up for my class, and I honestly expected you to, and that hurt my feelings a little bit, but then... You didn't even tell me that you didn't sign up for it. And that hurt my feelings a lot because it made me feel like you couldn't talk to me. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I can't believe I hurt you. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. Do I you wanna, didn't mean anything by it. Do you want to do you want to go hang out now? Yeah, I'm free. It's just break. I don't have any school. <laughs> I'm 32. <laughs> OK, awesome. Let's go. So that's how Remember that episode of Bob's Burgers where they're talking about working out their abs <laughs> and it's like, let's Work out our abs. A, access your feelings. B, be apologetic. S, slap it. Uh, so that's how you do it, gang. We smash cut to Saturday breakfast. Um, it's the morning of Quidditch tryouts, and then they all resolve to go visit Hagrid after that. The Quidditch tryouts, Not Harry's never had to try out himself. <laughs> so the only reason we're worried about that is because now other people are trying out to him. He's the captain this year. Which gives him like prefect prefect privileges, which is good because we we let Ron and Hermione be better than him for one year, and that was one year too long. <laughs> it was too many. Still, I, I I know it's said every episode, but Ron as a prefect is just a boggling decision. 
Yeah. Who would you may have made the Gryffindor prefect last year, Fauna? For the previous year? Because what, this year was Hermione? So every, like in fifth year, they picked the prefects and it was Ron and Hermione. So yeah. in sixth year, they mm. didn't pick, we don't know the new ones because oh, we don't care right. about them. So the like out of their whole year, like like it's for Harry, their specific year. Ron, okay. Dean, Neville, yeah. Seamus. Like out of those five boys, who would you have made the Gryffindor dude prefect? Probably Dean. Seamus can be a little shithead. Yeah, he's a shithead. <laughs> yeah. I I also would like, have accepted Neville. Dean, I don't think there's any controversy or drama really with him. Yeah, he's just a good guy. Yeah, he's just there. He draws good, remember, in Sorcerer's Stone or, or Chamber of Secrets, maybe he draws good. <laughs> I think I think Neville would have been too, would have been too passive at the time. I just think he he is gives into peer pressure too much and would just like let his friends get away with shit. Yeah, and I also really <laughs> like that he has this arc of becoming like the one true Gryffindor over the next two books. Like he has this arc of becoming so incredibly brave and capable, and I like that he does that without ever going lawful because he doesn't yeah. trust the government. Like he's like I'm not going to be a prefect. I'm going to, however, be very active in our underground Defense Against the Dark Arts Society. And then I'm just going to, like, take care of the rebellion until it's time to go He's like a destroy fascism. He's fascism. like chaotic good. I'm trying to yes. think what he would be in, like, D&D. He's like a paladin. Would he be like, yeah, he would be a paladin. Yeah. <laughs> He's so noble and perfect. I love him. He's such yeah. a good boy. What if that was your grandson? He's one of the, like, <laughs> the greatest so characters in the series is Neville. Yeah, he's like I like he's my true protagonist. Like hashtag not my protagonist, Harry Potter. <laughs> so a lot of people have signed up for Quidditch tryouts, and Harry's like, "That's weird. That's annoying. That's a lot of people. It must be because Quidditch is the best thing in the world." And Hermione's like, "No, it's because you're like really popular now. You're like hot and publicly not a liar." So you agree? You think you're really popular? <laughs> Ron's like, what do you mean he's hot? I've grown too. <laughs> so embarrassing. You still have red hair, Ron. I'm just kidding. Still Ron, Weasley. Wow. Ron doesn't know that your job, your your main job in life is to uplift your friends. <laughs> he he does a good job sometimes. He's good. He likes standing up. Yeah, he likes standing up for Harry, probably because then he's like. Like he feels like he's in a position of power. Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't like being com- feeling compared to Harry, which is his oh, own yeah. problem. It feels a little gypped, and he probably doesn't like that Hermione is like complimenting him so much. And he's like, "What about my compliment?" Like, frankly, you've Not never cute. been. This is, frankly, you've never been more fanciable. What's like the American version of like what she just said? extremely dateable maybe or yeah because like, she wouldn't have said commodity i don't think she would have been like frankly you've never been hotter like hermione did wouldn't what say do the that kids say nowadays what are I the think, terms oh gosh I think maybe so I, here's the thing is like this this is set in like 1992 or whatever. oh yeah yeah I, I think like nowadays most like especially gen z can 100 percent turn to a friend and be like you've never been hotter and have that be like deeply platonic and normal oh yeah I totally that, i think that in like stuffy early 90s like british private school <laughs> boarding school <laughs> it, no that's like oh you're flirting with me like when yeah. i called jason sweetie and he gave me this look and i was like <laughs> i am not coming on to you <laughs> yeah like, i haven't kept up with the slang i i see reels and i'm like 
what does it mean? Yo, that's I, that's I low know. key fit. Nope, that's I still British slang. Hold stop. on. <laughs> My favorite British slang is when boys call each other bruv. Oh, oh my it's gosh. So cute. That's what I'm talking about, bruv. I said, I'm sure other people call each other bruv too, but I said boys specifically because I've seen it mostly on Love Island. <laughs> so it's like the boys and the girls. And the girls. When I hear people saying bruv, all I think about is like Youngblood, that British singer, just with his accent oh, yeah. and everything. That's the <laughs> type of person I imagine saying shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Snog is a snog. That means a kiss with tongues and it's kind of wet. So the mail comes and the new advanced potion making textbooks arrive. And Hermione's like, good. Hermione, <laughs> here's the thing. Hermione doesn't understand this. And I didn't really learn it until I was well into my 20s. The way to be a supporter. I hear we're giving lessons in friendship today, guys. Okay. The way yeah. to be a supporter friend is to say how you're feeling very clearly one time. Be like, I don't think this guy's right for you. I think that he is like a jackass. I don't really like spending time with him. I wish that you would consider someone else. And then you dr- and there and you make sure that they're hearing you. And then you drop it for the rest of your life. <laughs> because that's what being a good friend is. Unless they're implicating you in like something illegal. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. So like Hermione continues to be like mad and judgmental about this. Whereas like sh- she should just be like this book makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to follow the instructions. I'm worried they'll lead us down a dark path. And then, like, if Harry keeps going, you have to just, like, let him. He's, like, on the route of fuck around and find out what happens. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, like certain things you can tell that may or may not be dangerous. But we know later from him not knowing what he's doing, bad things can happen when you yeah. don't know what the fuck you're saying or doing. That's the thing, like, in a subject like chemistry, which is what we've been equating potions to, if somebody handed me a textbook that had made that class easier for me in high school, I would have cried from gratitude. Like, yeah. I yeah. like I don't hold it against him at all that he wants to learn. Like, he's not, it's not like he's not learning. Like, he's learning how to make potions different from what the textbook writer says, yeah. but in a pr- way that works be better. Yeah. You don't just, know what's going to explode, literally. That it's just when he starts fucking around with stuff that it's not clear what it's doing at all. That's when he makes his mistake is by like just taking a random spell. Like, honestly, I hate to even say this, but the smart thing to do, I feel like would have been to take this book to Dumbledore and been like, what do you make of this? Yeah, because Dumbledore is not like a mean adult. He's like he wouldn't have taken. it Yeah, away. yeah. I think that's that's the, he's like a like cool I'm adult. I'm curious about this. I want to know if you feel like I can trust this. But yeah. Harry has learned not to trust Dumbledore because of the entire last book, and I do forget mm-hmm. that sometimes. And he hasn't been there a lot. He's been kind of absent anyway. It's yeah. true. Also, Harry is literally half my age right now, so that's important context as well. Half. Yeah, when you're young, you really don't ask questions. I don't remember if I did. Like, I just... Did you ask questions, Leela? Oh. Or younger? Oh, like, question like question author- authority? Oh, no, you just mean, like... Find something and just do it. Um, yeah, like, I don't... The way that Harry just questions nothing. <laughs> no, I think I questioned everything always. Yeah, I was taught to do that, yeah. but also, this is a 15-year... 16-year-old boy. Yeah, they... Yeah, they do true. think differently I've, than different people, even if they're told, hey, let us know if you have any questions. Like, 
Uh, no, well, you don't really. I'm good. Uh, okay. It's like my boss is always like, let me know if you have any questions. And I'm like, I don't know where to begin when it comes to asking <laughs> questions. I'm Can't just going to sit here questions. until you ask me to do something. I, then I'll start asking my questions. I also think just like you like it kind of reminded me of, of this with what you were saying, Fauna, of just like little girl, like n- neither of us. None of us, not the thrice of us. That's not the right word. I know. No, I love that was um, my favorite though. You tried it three times, and that was the best. <laughs> have um n- none of us question authority or or just like went into things blindly. And I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with just like little girls are taught their entire lives to be be safe, honey. Oh, don't go over there, honey. Oh, don't mm-hmm. don't get dirty, honey. Oh, you're gonna hurt yourself, honey. And so I think it depends like what time of my life we're talking about. I've always yeah. I've always I've always been extremely headstrong, Fauna World friends, you might remember. But it's like, I think I think a big part of it for me anyway is like not kind of like the joke I just made about work is like when I was younger, it was like I knew something was fucky. I didn't know like what questions to be asking. I just knew I was like looking around and being like, I don't none of this vibes for me. So I feel like at the time I felt like school was such a trap, like such a. Like, it really fails so many people. And I felt that when I was there. And if I had gotten a cheat code, I probably would have, like, distributed this liberally. I probably would have been like, who wants the better answers? I'm going to photocopy them for you. (laughs) Yeah. Because one of the reasons I, when I do research in college and high school, I learned to do it was annotating. And it's super helpful. So I always told people to do the same thing, like question things, write questions you have or answers or things that might be better or things like that. Like I do that when I do my research for my podcast and other books I'm reading that are not topics that I'm going over for the for the episodes. But it honestly like learning to ask questions is important. And that probably would yeah. have saved if he was in the right position too. Or Hermione, did she ever ask? Maybe you should show a professor. Did she like say, just give it beside, just give it back to Slughorn? Yeah, I think there's like, at least at Hogwarts, there's certain teachers that I wouldn't ask about this. Like, I yeah, wouldn't, exactly. I, I wouldn't ask Slughorn, Snape, or even like McGonagall. She's a bit yeah. too lawful. But I feel like you could ask, you, first of all, I was, my first instinct was like, ask Hagrid. I know that they're fighting <laughs> and I don't trust his opinions, but you know, you could ask him. He's an adult. You could ask Dumbledore. And I also feel like, of deeply underutilized character in this series is Phileas Flitwick. I think yeah. Harry could have gone to Flitwick so many times. He seems like such a cool dude. Oh, yeah. He seems like the kind I of like... I had a teacher who reminded me of him and looked yeah, like him too. Yeah, I, I think he like is the kind of teacher who's just, you can come to him with anything. He's the kind of teacher you can like practice coming out to. Yeah. You can like, you can like tell him how you're feeling. Like you yep. can go to him and be like, hey, I really don't want to turn this into a thing. But I found this textbook and I just wanted to see like what you feel about he like Flitwick's not taking that textbook. He's the Ravenclaw head of house. He's gonna have like a very good conversation with you about it and you're gonna walk away thinking about it. Yeah. I feel like it's like can't go to him, he's not my head of house. We definitely had like a really cool like uh choir show choir all the different choirs teacher like that in high school that like everybody could chill in his room at lunch and like Yeah. He always would he just was a cool guy wouldn't get you into yeah. trouble mine's name was mr harris i mentioned him recently <clears throat> in our secret project recordings leela oh which yeah we'll be announcing on the podcast soon mm-hmm. um but I, mr harris was my creative writing teacher and he's the kind of guy where like 
kids would be like, can you write me a hall pass to my car in the parking lot? And he'd be like, what I can do is write you a hall pass to the bathroom because you're not allowed to leave the school. I can write you a pass to the bathroom. What you do with that pass and the consequences of those actions are out of my hands. Like It's like, that's the kind of answer I think Flitwick would give. You know what I mean? That's dope. You got to learn your own mistakes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Harry's new advanced potion-making copy arrives, and he is planning on swapping the new cover to the old book so that he can keep it. And then he's like, I'm giving, like, a better book to to the school, so who cares, you know? Hermione calls his copy graffitied, which I don't <laughs> like that. Decorated. First of all, it's, it's annotated. Yeah. What did you say? Did you say the same thing, Fauna? I said decorated. It is decorated. Okay, I like that, too. But yeah, it's annotated. It's annotated. Graffiti is like a form of art. That is not what this is. Hermione wouldn't know that. Yeah. I was going to say, and also in the 90s, it had very negative connotations. Yeah, it totally did. And I'm sure Joanne 100% carries those biases. Oh, for sure. How much do you think her trying to tell Harry to get rid of the book is, hey, this could be dangerous or this is cheating? Dude, it's so annoying. The thing is, if it was this, just this is dangerous, I feel like I would feel her more. But she gets so mad about the way that it's helping him succeed, you know? Yeah. It's not she a gets good jealous. Yeah, she's it's a little bit she's of jealousy. Like, she's like, I'm doing it the right way. It's like, Hermione, work smart, not hard, you know? Yeah, there's just, there's certain people that are so, so, so lawful that they just like can't even conceive that. I find it difficult to be friends many times with yeah. those types of she people. She would be lawful good. She's lawful neutral, I feel like, because she's neutral? selfish as hell. Mm, but she yeah. acts like she's so noble. She's perhaps more noble than Harry. Hmm. Maybe That's the Gryffindor in her. Wait, Fauna, do you want to come on for a bonus episode and we'll do we'll sure. do um like D and D uh what do you call it? Like character Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Make character a creation. Character creation for yep. the Harry Potter characters. Oh, that would be so much That would be fun. really fun. Okay, That's let's a good idea. Thank you for volunteering. Um, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, the, I'm like pretty lawful, but I'm the least lawful when it comes to actual like authority. <laughs> like I'm deeply lawful, but like not when it comes to the police or the government. You know what I mean? Like I don't respect those laws. I respect that like my like my personal code and like the values I have. And I also respect like when there's a sidewalk through a lawn, I just think that it's really disrespectful to walk on the lawn. I would say I'm lawful good. And I would a hundred percent be like a paladin or something. Like I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat and say, yeah, like I love playing a monk when playing D and D, but in real life, I'm just a straight up paladin. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably I, why I never choose paladin when playing. I really like being a barbarian, but IRL, I'm 130% a bard, obviously. The charisma is <laughs> off the charts. I mean, it's kind of a bold thing to say. Well, I was going to say it's a bold thing to say to my podcast listeners, but if you're still here on episode like 260 or whatever the hell we're doing, then I think I am charismatic. So. <laughs> for more on that, listen, uh, just sign up for our Patreon for the $5 a month tier. You can hear me and Leela and Andrew's episode about uh, is Harry Potter a cult and is the restricted section a cult? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Harry Potter is one. Yeah, we have some thoughts about that. You have to sign up. It's behind the paywall. Behind the paywall. They also in the mail get the Daily Prophet and they read and learn that Stan Shunpike has been arrested. But 
there it doesn't there doesn't seem to be like any evidence other than him like bragging loudly that he's a death eater and i mean that's a confession but it, also like it's just 100 not true if he was or wasn't or if he just was they should have been a little more choosy on who they let in yeah they should be a little know. bit more of like a private club <laughs> private club well the Hu- the hitler youth was open to everyone but the hitler youth is more of a next book move <laughs> we'll get there yeah, we'll get there. Classic Stanley Shunpike. I think that, you know, we've talked a lot, uh, in fact, uh, at least five times about the way that with books like these, especially getting on into books four, five, six, seven, you like have to cut stuff for the movie adaptation. Us book lovers are really used to this. We're really used to the movie adaptations falling short, but that doesn't mean that we can't still mourn the things that they had to skip. And I think that Stan Shunpike as like a, the tiniest character in this series, but he's like a through line for so many of the books. We see him in, in books uh, three, four, six, and seven. I think they mention him again because he's like still implicated as a Death Eater next year. Mm. Like the way that the movies make him just a caricature of, of like a, I was going to say a bellhop, but like a bus's bellhop. I don't know what you call that. Like a porter, I don't know. That sounds right. Um, and then in the in the books, he shows up in these like small ways, and like by the time we're here, being like he's been arrested for being a Death Eater, we know him well enough from our like two encounters with him to be like, that's not real. <laughs> like we know that, and he's just one character. Classic Stan getting arrested for bragging about being a Death Eater when you're not even a Death Eater. <laughs> Well, they do mention when he that he got pretty braggy around the Vilas. Yeah, he was like, "I'm going to be the next Minister of Magic or something." Look at me, girls. Oh, so silly. But don't the Vila like kind of like hypnotize you a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't love that, but they do. I think. But was it Hermione said or one of them said how they want to look like they're doing something? Yeah. Yeah, they take something ma- small, so but not chaotic enough to where it'll cause more fears. Like, oh, they're doing their job, but it's not like they captured a Malfoy or someone that's right. Like, big. It, it's like the way the way that I kind of equated is like they're picking up like your neighborhood weed dealer. They're not picking up like the guy in charge. You know what I mean? They're like, look at this guy. He was living right next door to you. A villain. A demon. And you're like, hey, man, that's just Brad. He's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, he, someone low he, on the totem pole. Yeah, it's like, it's like, but he, but even then, it's not even, it's not quite the same. Because it's like, Brad wasn't selling weed. Brad was just bragging about selling weed. And there's <laughs> yeah. no evidence of it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, there are people like that, too. Especially in high school. Where oh, people God. just want to seem cool. Oh my, that is true. Oh my god! One of my like, you know, you you have a I I I I maybe I have a smaller one than most people, but in my brain there's a file of my of some embarrassing moments that will stay with me forever, and like I feel like what embarrasses a person, in their heart of hearts, in a way where they're gonna file it away, just differs so much. And to me, I feel like my embarrassing moments that I still have on file are so random. One of them is when I was in maybe like tenth or eleventh grade in high school. I was sitting at the cafeteria table and this kid, Jesse, turned around to me and was like, hey, are you good? And I was like, yeah, feeling good. And he was like, no, are you good? And I was like, what does that mean? And he was like, 
it means do you have weed, you idiot? <laughs> she doesn't know what good means. And I was like, first of all, I didn't smoke weed in high school. I had a reputation for it only. And I was like, how dare you sit here and laugh at me for not knowing some language? I know now, and that is still in my head for not knowing what the what the language was. Why did Teenagers are assholes. Yeah, there's a couple times. Um, well, pe- we started talking about it's like people just say things that seem cool. Especially yes. when they're younger. Yes. Thank so you. I feel like probably for six months after that, I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm totally good. Wink across the <laughs> hallway lying about the things I did. Yeah, because high school isn't hard enough, is it? Fauna, incidentally, that is not not part of what me and Leela's next project is. <laughs> <laughs> Leela, do you think that it's not time to announce it, but, you know, time to start teasing about our next project? Yeah, I can tease. Tease. Wait, don't say anything, though. But the next time you come on the podcast, we are announcing it. Ooh, okay. Oh, wait. Wait. It's actually, well, it's actually the time after the next time, because I have you on two weeks back to back because of the announcement. Anticipation. Just so the listeners know, Leela is usually the first person I reach out to when someone cancels, because she tends to be available and willing. It's true. It's like Leela and Andrew are the two. So who knows? But anyway, Leela and I are working on our next project, and it's not not related to what we're talking about right now. If you want to know about our project early right now, not to be this way, but I'm ta- we're talking about it openly on our Discord server for a dollar a month. You, too, can be in the know about stuff six months before it happens or whatever, because I'm pretty sure I announced this shit in the Discord six months ago. Come on. That's pretty far ahead, too. <laughs> I've been working on this project honestly i'm not even joking for like three years it's been like popping around in my head goodness what are we talking about stan okay. shunpike stan shunpike um we're talking about how like everyone's scared don't know what to do people's parents want to pull them from the school why let your kids come to school if you already want to pull them from the school <laughs> they change their minds it's like oh you're far away now and i'm scared and what happens to them in society if they don't graduate from hogwarts Great question. Ooh. They become a Stan Shunpike, I guess. Sorry, you're a Death Eater now. Gotta go to jail. Ask me <laughs> you. I guess I meant more of like a bus porter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's... And Tom, the bar innkeep bartender, like there are jobs that don't require... Yeah. Newts. ...an education. Newts, <laughs> yeah. You can also be a teacher. I wonder if there's like a GED version. Well, as Hagrid <laughs> has proven, you can be a teacher with a mere two and a half years of schooling or whatever. I don't yeah. know how. Wait, that was it was Harry. What they just year. have to get what the fifth or sixth year? Like maybe the, he had the his twins already before he got expelled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but the twins are entrepreneurs. They don't need anybody's. They approval. are. But like, if they like say they left in like second year, would they be allowed to use magic because they are only oh. twelve? But like oh, it's like when you drop out in the US you have to be at least 16. You could drop out. But like at what point are they not allowed to use magic cuz when they go home they can't use magic. Okay, so I think that you probably have to make it to 5th year because Fred yeah. and George got their owls and Hagrid I actually don't know how old he was supposed to be necessarily <laughs> in Chamber of Secrets when he gets expelled, but I think we can easily say 5th year or 6th year because yeah. like we don't I don't think they gave us that much information if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because what happens, like, he's teaching, but he's not allowed to use magic. But yet, all the, all the different questions, like, what happens in that universe if this happens or this happens or this happens? Hermione also points out, because we can't notice anything without Hermione, that Dumbledore is, like, not really around. 
because I forget who was like, we're safe here because of Dumbledore. And she's like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but he's like <laughs> not here. So Harry wouldn't even have been to bring the book to him anyway. <laughs> That's true. I'm sure he could have caught him eventually. He has to come back eventually. Eventually, when they're sleeping for like two minutes and poof, gone again. Just to change his underwear and dip. <laughs> Just to do his laundry. <laughs> Just like a typical college kid. <laughs> really. <laughs> So it's time to go down for Quidditch tryouts. Um, on their way out the castle, Lavender gives Ron a weird smile. <laughs> and he, like, gives it back. And then he starts strutting. Stop, Ron. I can't <laughs> deal with how much you are such a Ron Weasley. <laughs> Ron Weasley is, like, a stereotype of himself. Like, I can't describe it. <laughs> He's just, like, so desperate for any s- sort of... Uh, Validation. Validation. Yeah. yeah. Something that Harry doesn't get. Right. Harry's not being openly flirted with yet. Yeah, that's true. He's like, I'm I'm the better I'm the better son. Me. <laughs> Ron is like really just Ronning so hard in this chapter because he's like, <laughs> what, I'm hot too. That's what we've seen so far. Now he's like reacting strangely to just like an offhand smile from a woman. And then he goes on to Need magical assistance to make the Quidditch team. And uh, what else does he do in this chapter? Well, we'll see. But he's running really hard. And he's also like the second to last youngest of a family of like seven children. And then his Mm -hmm. best friend is like a celebrity. Hermione is a genius, essentially. So like he got the short stick. But here's the thing. Did he get the short stick? Because a lot of poor people. He thinks he did. Don't have brilliant and celebrity friends. Yeah, so no, he, he I, thinks he did. I like, think. he yeah. has a celebrity friend, and, like, I don't. So in that way, he's just, like, mm-hmm. doing better than me. <laughs> I think that Ron truly has, like, the narcissism of youth, you know? Like, he, he's like, he's this, is the, this is the worst life that has ever been lived. Yeah, and people should, like, see how awesome I am, right? Because teenagers and their emotions, like <laughs> usual, they're yeah. all over the place. I, I think it's I think it's true and and that's why when he like starts in this book he like truly succeeds for the first time like he in big air quotes he like earns the keeper position and we're about to get to that he gets a girlfriend he has like girls kind of like fighting over him and we'll continue to talk about like how aware how in denial Ron is about Hermione because I think we're all picking up a vibe from Hermione that like Ron is perhaps not yet Picking so that stupid. Up. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, when when Ron strutted away after getting a smile from Lavender, what type of song do you think? What, what song was in his head at that moment? Oh my god, my first thought because <laughs> I I know I I am really bad at coming up with songs on the spot, so I'm just gonna say the <laughs> first thing that came into my head is this girl is on fire. <laughs> okay, wait, that's like better than mine. I was gonna say it's like um. It just, I just think of like, okay, what do you think, Fauna? I don't know. Maybe. mm. Yeah. I like where you're going. I feel like if he realized he really liked, if he realized like he wanted Hermione and when he gets jealous of like Harry and the time he spends with her, it'd be like, but, like, in a very, very, like, vague. But otherwise, I have no idea. Because 
Ron just pisses me off so much. I, I won't even vote him, but I... Yeah. But in this moment, probably the Bee Gees. For, like, <laughs> style-wise, just being the 90s, that would nice. probably be the most, like... Yeah, hell yeah. I saw this meme today, and it reminds me of Ron, and it's like, men don't even have to be mansplaining. They just start explaining something to me, and I'm livid. <laughs> and I feel like that's Ron. It's like, even if I need the information you're giving me, I just, I don't like your style. <laughs> Bugger off. Or whatever, whatever he says. No, you know what? I am going to stick with Jesse's girl because I feel like he's like, the, if you listen to the song, he's like, why can't I have that? It's just changed mm. the theme in a little bit. He's like, I'm it's, good too. Why can't I have what Harry has? Yeah, it's unsubtle. He definitely doesn't want Harry's girl. Yeah, that's no. His, that's his sister. Exactly. <laughs> that's his sister. Ew. Leela, look, I made it into a chain. Whoa, that's amazing. I just keep making the same thing. You guys really are enjoying your fidget toys. <laughs> Fauna, I got to tell you, Leela's a fidgeter. I just sit here politely, but I do have a lot of energy. I, I got Leela some fidget toys to to support your podcasting endeavors, Leela. Yeah, this is what it's and, like if I don't have a fidget toy. And honestly, I got to tell you, it's also kind of still like that when you do have a fidget toy. Oh. It's just like a, a little <laughs> gentler sound and a little less of the time. Okay. But it, they all came in packs of like four, so I also got a bunch of fidget toys. I got this like loopity loopity chain. Maybe I'll post some of these pictures on the Instagram. I got this squishy ball. Oh, I like yeah. the squishy balls. And then there's like a softer squish ball. Too soft. I like the other one. Yeah, too. I, I gave you the ones that I thought felt best. <sighs> Thank you. I appreciate that so okay. much. And then. And then there's these, like, finger-rolly things, which I actually don't really like. Oh, I don't get it. I don't understand those. Yeah, I don't get them either. And then there's these, like, metal things that you just, like, fuck around with. It's like a magic trick or something. And then there's this one, which I actually didn't give Leela because it was too loud, and I'd kill her if she recorded an episode where she's, like, clicking around on one of these all day. Oh, that looks Uh, fun. That looks fun, though. Leela, you can play with it at movie night, but not while we're recording. (laughs) I like the fidget toys where it's a cube, and it has, like, a Joy-Con on it, and it has, like, the button on it, and, like, a swirly thing on it. I have one around here somewhere. I like mine, too. I have one somewhere, too. I'm just not sure where it's at. I remember when they first came out, I was like, that's Except the best part is the switch, the clicky switch, and it's the loudest one. Mm. I told you that it, you, if you put it under the desk, it's better. Yeah. I'm I'm fidgeting really hard right next to the mic right now just for a bit of a, like an interlude, like a fidget interlude. Yeah. And it, this is... T- Here, I'll squish. I wonder if you can get the ball sound in the microphone. Let me try. No longer a Harry Potter podcast. It is an ASMR oh squishy ball. I see it's some wave. Long. I see just the slightest bit of waveform on my recording. Maybe I'll be able to make oh, something yeah. of that. Yeah, you, like you listeners, you like the sound of those balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the opposite of ASMR. Let's go to Quidditch trial. <laughs> oh yeah, Harry is not excited about the amount of people in the stands and what's going on. He saved certain things for the end. It's good for him because, like, in, he is thrust into leadership throughout like the second half of this book series. He's definitely like not naturally good at it. Like I'm a leader because I'm naturally good at it. Some people it's like you put them in the position and be like, okay, (laughs) all right, come on. We got to do this. So like last year he practiced with being like a leader for his friends, you know? And I feel like this year he's practicing being a leader even more because these are people who are like not his friends. And he has to it's more public like handle it yeah 
So a lot of people come to Quidditch tryouts. We meet Cormac McLaggen. <laughs> what a delight. Um, he expects like preferential treatment because they are both part of like slug, the slug club. Sluggy's favorites or whatever. McLaggen was part of the slug club for like five minutes. Okay. So compared to what I said about Stan Shunpike earlier, I think the movies perfectly represent Cormac McLaggen because he's a caricature of a person in the books. You know what I mean? I don't remember. He's just a silly, beautiful man. I don't remember, but I'm down to see a silly, beautiful man. Yeah. But when you don't like. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. We don't like him one bit, but he's beautiful. And it's part of what makes him funny. And angry. Because <laughs> I feel truth. like it's just like meeting someone who's good looking and then they absolutely irk your soul. Yeah, irks my soul. I, that's really good, Fauna. That's what Cormac McLagan does. <laughs> but I, the thing is that he pursues Hermione. And so, like, I know he's being handled. You know, like, I don't have to worry about him. Like, Hermione's on it. <laughs> yeah. She can handle her shit. Exactly. That name is, like... Oh, let me moisten my mouth and just say it. <laughs> oh, don't say moist in my mouth. <laughs> Cormac McClag, hold on, Cormac <laughs> McClagan. It's like so. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, I Jim Dale in the audiobook laid it on pretty thick with his accent. <laughs> Cormac McClagan. If you let's do it with like do a little bit of like a Cormac Cormac McClagan. <laughs> I'd be doing it with you, but my throat hurts a little bit, so I'm not oh, doing that's that. that's good. Yo, what? honestly, like, Yiddish speakers, when you have a sore throat, that sucks. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of, like, gl- throat fricatives. <laughs> like, hala, ugh, tickle, it tickle. And French people, suck. too, right? They'd be like, ugh, <laughs> Do they? I'm, I don't <laughs> understand French. I don't understand. I would have said no, but your example makes me say yes. Bonne, parlez-vous le français? No. Okay. Right. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Um I wait, I learned it. I was in France for like 10 days or something and I I have like well the the thing I kept doing in France is pretending like I was from Spain because I know Spanish even though in America they teach South American Spanish. <laughs> but I kept being like perdón with like a Spanish accent in like public places <laughs> trying to deflect from the English judgment. You could walk into any French restaurant and without opening your mouth, they'll look at you and be like, English menu? And it's like, how can you tell from looking at me? Oh, same thing <laughs> in Italy. It's like, English, yeah. Yeah. How do you they know? know? They know what type of water to give you. Don't give you the sparkling water. I but I like the, the sparkling water. water. The, the uh, static water? That's what I feel like static electricity tastes like. I love it. You're not a LaCroix fanatic, I guess. Ooh, not I the dry, love, sparkling water. I like the sweet one. Oh. But also, I yeah. love some sparkling water. Honestly, I can go for flavor or carbonation. I don't need both. They both feel the same to me. It's like, I'm drinking water that tickles my little brain. Are you drinking one right now, Lila? <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the Aldi brand, huh? Lidl. Oh, Lidl. Okay. Tomato, tomato. There's so many people at Quidditch practice or the Quidditch tryouts that Harry's first assignment is to ask for everyone to fly around the pitch once in groups of 10, which is so funny because I feel like it is like 
if I were to try out for a sport and they're like, okay, run around the track one time. <laughs> I could probably do that now, but in high school, I really felt like that was the worst hell. Running around the track. Yeah. Running a mile was one of my least favorite things at high school. Yeah. And I was, my stamina for like running was never a thing. Like give me sprints, I could sprint. Give me like aggressive table tennis totally can do that i did martial arts for 10 years but nothing yeah, you were a black belt involved, right? yeah quite a long time um but like sprinting was absolutely the worst thing yeah it sucks but running long distance not not sprinting i could sprint just running the mile and worst like part of high school the mile run for me you know like this is an example of where i like wasn't lawful mm-hmm. i was like the school system is designed so certain people fail. For example, me right now, because <laughs> running feels hard. I'm failing. And that's unfair. That's pathphobic. When I was 16, I was like, but what about girls like me who don't run? <laughs> They're like, I still can't run a mile. I can, it's it's fucking hard. I was definitely with the crew who was just like doing like a pulling in like a 14 minute mile. Absolutely. Yep. All your legs are so short. I, I can know. walk a 12. I can walk a yeah. 12 minute mile, maybe 11 if I'm really 11 or 10. If I'm putting Mine was my mind closer to, to 12, if I've got, I got good at power walking. Yeah. Power walking. <laughs> okay. I got small little legs too, but go off. So there, there's actually so many people at Quidditch tryouts. There's 50 people because he has them fly in groups of 10 and there's five groups, which is <laughs> crazy. So the first group is inexperienced first years who can't stay on their brooms. Who let them even sign up for this shit? This is so stressful to me. That's like, have you ever had to do like interviews just in general? Imagine having 50 interviews and they're all in the same room and you just have to get it over with right there. And you know none of them are going to make it. And you're like, oh, some of you guys are so obviously like, why am I even doing this? There was no screening process. That's what he's doing. He's he's. I think this is like the screening process. Oh, okay. He's sending sending home the ones who like can't even fly. (laughs) That's fair enough. Group two. Group two is a bunch of giggly girls who don't even try, which is so silly to me. And they, he's like, get the fuck out of here. And they're like, we will. And they go just watch from the stands. Love that energy. And people from other houses were showing up. And it just says, yes. The, and the fifth house was Hufflepuff. The fifth group was Hufflepuff. Um, do you guys remember? Have you guys seen that TikTok where it's like me and my best friend in the apocalypse? And it's like these two giggling dudes. Or it's like me and my best friend after getting kidnapped because the murderer has toilet paper yeah. on his shoe. Or like whatever. And it's just these two giggling men. Yeah. Like laughing their asses Mm-mm. off. That's what I feel like these girls are like. He's like, all right, fly around the track. And they'll just like melt into each other giggling. <laughs> God, it's, it's such like, a high school girl thing, on. though. The giggling thing. Because yeah. I feel like that's a stereotype, but, like, it's it is. definitely stereotyped in this book. As you get older, I go to the mall, and I get grumpy when they're stretched <laughs> across the hallway. And I'm like, I just turned 30 and still shop at Hot Topic, but I'm mad at these teenagers <laughs> for loitering in the mall. Oh, my God. Like, get in, get out, get your shit. Where else are they going to go to get loiter, Fauna? Walmart, go to Walmart. (laughs) I've loitered a lot in my childhood, and definitely I did loiter a lot both in the mall and in a Walmart parking lot. So these are all good options. Yeah. Just just don't stand across the entire hallway of the mall. Okay, so group three, there was a pileup halfway around the pitch. Um, Group four, let's talk about this. Group four came without brooms. Do we think that this group, like, do we think that 
all of these kids have broomsticks? Like the first years have all have their own broomsticks at well, Hogwarts? Well, it said they had the Hogwarts. They were using the Hogwarts broomsticks. So if they came without brooms, so what I'm getting from that now is they're too dumb to know that they should have gotten a broom. Nobody, But it's like if you didn't tell them, how would they know? Maybe they should have provided ones for those because not everyone has their own broomstick nor exactly. could afford one. As we know, Harry had to be bought his broomsticks. Right, that's Even true. Even though he had his own money. Yeah, so it's weird <laughs> to like rule somebody out because they came without a broom. Like, hand that person a broom. Aren't there school brooms? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Are they gonna hocus pocus it and just like grab a mop and like a <laughs> no yeah. vacuum cleaners at Hogwarts? I wonder if they could do that. Like <laughs> new and Roomba. Oh my god! No, it's too high tech. <laughs> Wait, I have to stop the show. I actually have to stop the show. Oh my god. Because I just remembered something. Because we're talking about Quidditch. Um, I started watching this television show, which I do not plug because of the writer's strike, but I am watching it, called The Peripheral. And it's about, like, robots and, like, simulations, basically. And fucking, what's her name? Katie Lang, who plays Cho Chang, is in that show. Oh, mm. wow. She, it, it was, it's like this, this beautiful... Asian woman, and then the second she opened her mouth with a Scottish accent, I was like, "That's Katie Lang." <laughs> Let me make sure that's how you pronounce her last name. What L I A N G? It is L E U N G. Yeah, I'm not sure. And she's a much better actor in that show than she was in Harry Potter. Good I'll tell for you her. What. Good for her. Okay, growth. Hopefully within 15 years. Yeah. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Leung. 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 This okay. is the English pronunciation. Whoa. <laughs> Katie Leong. Okay. I made an educated guess, and by educated, I mean I was not educated at all. Um, I made a guess, and I was wrong. So Katie Leong, she's in the show The Peripheral, and uh, it's fun. She has this, like, asymmetrical haircut where it's like a um, – it's like a pixie cut on one side and – no, what's it's like shorter. It's like a m- sort of like masculine, like short haircut on one side into like a little bit of like a pixie point on the other side. You know what I mean? Asymmetrical bob or something. Yeah. Yeah. An asymmetrical bob. It's very cute. Anyway, <laughs> so finally, Harry starts picking his team. Guess who the chasers are? Katie Bell. Would you believe it? She's mm-hmm. back, baby. Yeah. Katie Bell's Isn't back. Is she a senior? Is Katie Bell? She's got to be a senior this year. Surely. Let's let's actually talk about this real quick. She's always there. So when Harry is like on his like third day of school or whatever, he takes flying lessons and he gets put on the Quidditch quit the Gryffindor Quidditch team and Katie Bell is already a chaser on the Quidditch team. So that was at the beginning of Chamber of Secrets, Harry's second year. So my question is, had they held Quidditch tryouts that year and just just not been able to pick a seeker? They're like, no one's good enough. We're not picking one because Harry steps into that role. Or did Katie Bell also make the Quidditch team in her first year? And that's why she was on it at the beginning of the second year. Does that make sense? Yeah, I wonder if she's in, um, in Harry's year. Yeah. Well... She can't be because she was already on the team. Oh, but couldn't she just be like, oh, she didn't make it onto the... She was already there. And she, when Harry Secrets. started playing Quidditch, 
when Harry started playing Quidditch and Sorcerer's Stone, I might have said the wrong book because my brain is stupid. <laughs> when Harry starts playing Quidditch, Katie is already there. Got it. So if she's a senior this year, that was her second year. And so if she would have had to be, she would have to be on the Quidditch team. But my question is, was she on the Quidditch team when she was a first year, which Harry's the youngest seeker in a century or whatever, or had they already held Quidditch tryouts before Harry gets put on the team? And yeah, like, feel no like, yeah. one, but no one was a good enough seeker. They did. They're like, none of you get to be seeker. We'd rather lose. <laughs> We'd rather have nothing. <laughs> they might have just bumped someone. Oh my oh, god! Damn, you're right. That's so funny. Quidditch drama, or maybe we like just don't know about it, and it was like in the midst of Oliver like one by one picking these positions. Mm. So Katie had like just been brought onto the team when Harry joined. Anyway, that's like such a small thing. I'm glad Katie's still here. We also got Demelza Robbins and Ginny Weasley. Uh, uh, uh. Happy to see her. Our beaters are Jimmy Peaks, whoever the fuck that is. And would you believe it? Richie Coot. LOL. <laughs> Richie Coot. It's not even easy to say. Um, It sounds like Coochie. Coochie Coochie. Yeah, Richie Coochie. Um. The the what's the sneaky Pete? What's who's his name? Jimmy Pete. Sneaky Pete. <laughs> sneaky, 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 sneaky. It's Harry. It's I almost said it's a Harry Potter reference. It's a Bob's Burgers. Um, that was is it Jimmy Pete's? That's like a yeah, stupid Jimmy name. Peaks. Peaks. No, it's Peaks. Oh, okay. Jimmy Peaks. Okay. Yeah. It's time to pick the keeper. Ron's like maybe a little nervous. Lavender Brown is like, good luck. Um, I think Cormac goes before him, actually, right? And Cormac, like, gets four saves and then whiffs the fifth one. Ron gets all five in a row, which is crazy. And he gets hired or drafted. What's it called? I guess drafted. Selected. <laughs> <laughs> He's going off to war. Yeah. So I, I guess the chaser throwing the balls was Ginny because then Cormac McLagan is butthurt saying that Ginny went easy on Ron, which is very funny because clearly he doesn't know Ginny because Ginny would never in her life go easy on Ron. She would never. (laughs) She'd rather die than go easy on Ron. Yeah. But yeah, like he definitely thought he had an in. He thought he was golden. Yeah. And like you said, he was so butthurt. Like, yeah, that that's pretty typical. And that does happen in cases when people thought they were a shoo and they got their ass handed to them. They were not a shoo-in. He's like, give, give me, give me one more chance. They're like, no, <laughs> fuck off. You're like, you fucking lost. Like, yeah, I think I mentioned this on the show really recently, but this reminds me of my friend Katie's old boyfriend who used to throw the Nintendo controller when he lost oh God. at Mario Kart, and it's like, hey man, at the time we were like 21, and that was still way too old, you know? Yeah, it's just not. You don't need to display violence like that. Like, if if really that's your visceral response to something in life yeah, is to be violent. Yeah, that's not good, bro. It's not good looks. Honestly, respectfully, Leela, I think you and I are some of the best losers I've ever (laughs) met in my life. We are born to lose. True. (laughs) I'm just happy to be here with my friends. Yeah, I I do. I don't like I don't like losing when it it means that I'm like letting down my team, like bailing someone drinking games. Drinking games are a lot of pressure for me. 
you know that's why so. for, Cor- for courtney's birthday beer olympics i was like i don't want to be on anyone's team because i suck and then rachel was like i'll be on your team and i'm like she's she's the only one who i think maybe is nice enough <laughs> can we talk about hermione and her cheatery ways at this point i feel like she might be chaotic good because she doesn't like other people cheating but she's okay with cheating herself like she's she, a fucking mm, yes time turner yes she gets so mad. The hypocrisy in this chapter is wild because she gets so mad at Harry. Very for The way in which he's cheating, but then she cheats for Ron. She's like, but mine was for a good reason. Yes. And like, honestly, yeah, chaotic. I think that is more chaotic neutral because she like, it's like only herself. You know what I but mean? But she d- also, did she do it for the good of Ron or for the good of... Gryffindor. Uh, Gryffindor. Mm. And like her yes. own peace in life. She doesn't want to deal with Ron. Yes. When he loses. Yes. So what if Ron scored all five and McElligan also scored all five? Mm. What would have happened? Another, a dance off. Rock, paper, scissors? I like both of these options. A dance-off? Who do we think would have won? Oh, wow. For Mick McLagan. Because yeah. he's got that charisma. Yeah. He would have rolled like a nat 20 on his charisma. Like, don't make us watch Ron dance, please. Ron would have gotten like, even if he had like a plus two, he still would have rolled like a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then who do we think would have won at Rock, Paper, Scissors? Wow. Cormac still. <laughs> Maybe, no. Luck. Ron might have won. Ron, I think, might have won with that because homeboy, he probably would have gotten mad because he didn't pick Rock or be like, you cheated or let's do two or three. It's not oh, fair. Like, friends, ex-boyfriend who threw the controller. Oh, my God. This controller's yeah. broken. <laughs> so it's on to Hagrid's. They're walking over to Hagrid's. Ron is, like, describing his saves and... You know, recounting the whole thing. And uh, he talks about the one McLagan missed. And Hermione turns scarlet, you know, as per what we were just speaking about. Mm -hmm. They get to Hagrid's house. They call it a hut in the book. (laughs) They get to his house. And Buckbeak is outside chilling. Harry bows, says hi. Buckbeak's like, what's up? Hagrid comes around and is like, fuck off, he's really dangerous. <laughs> and I live at a school with children. Fuck off, this thing is so dangerous. I'm just imagining, like, if it was someone else that just had the guts to walk up to Hagrid, like, what is everyone else's interpretation of Hagrid if you go to Hogwarts? Is he just the goofy dude uh, who lives in a hut? Or are... Do you think some people might be scared of Hagrid? Uh, I think he's a that, big dude. I think J.K. Rowling definitely wrote people as afraid of him because she's like painting this picture of him that is yeah. so disrespectful, honestly. Unfortunate. I think I probably might have been scared of him too. Because I wouldn't, the thing is that like in this book series, we know him. Yeah. And he, I still have a lot of notes about his character in this book series, but most students don't know him. He's yeah, just one true. of their teachers. And I think that I would be afraid of like a lot of dude teachers, honestly, not afraid or like wary, you know? Yeah. Cause that's just womanhood, baby. I'd be wary of Slughorn too. Straight up. Yeah. I feel like this guy's going to hit on me for sure. This guy's going to hit on me. Oh, he's inviting a bunch of students to a dinner. Like, 
Yes. <laughs> Might be weird. It's a little but weird, luckily, bro. This, this book series, like, doesn't make it weird, which I mm-hmm. respect. Thankfully, because it doesn't give that vibe. But in real life, yeah, it's yeah. In real life, it would be weird as hell. Hagrid, like, goes right inside the cabin and then slams the door. And Harry's like, I'll fucking blow this door open. I literally will. And Hagrid comes out shouting. He's like, I'm a fucking teacher, Potter. And Harry's like, oh, sorry, sir. And Hagrid's like, since when do you call me sir? And Harry's like, since when do you call me Potter? And Hagrid's like, good point. Come in. You got me again. You You got me. Hagrid can stay mad at those kids. Truly. Especially Harry. Yeah, I mean, he's got the protagonist shield. You got to protect him. He also saw him as a baby. That's true. It's true. He serves them tea. <laughs> Hermione's like, we're sorry. And he's like, whatever. And then they notice a big old barrel of giant maggots in the corner. No. <laughs> uh, gross. Therefore, oh my God, my notes say they're for Aragorn. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, they're for Aragog. Gog. Like, come Wrong on, make series. up your own name. Wrong series. I know. And they're definitely not for Aragorn. He has a finer palate. I made some stew. Okay, so Hagrid bursts into tears and he confides in the trio that Aragog is dying. And the kids are like, I see that you're sad. I feel like this is probably for the best, but I do understand your sorrow. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love Hagrid so much. I understand the problematicness of his character, but it's just like the details. Like he's like wearing a flowery apron and like how big must that yeah. apron? Pro- that was like a custom made, lovingly made apron. Or was yeah. like a towel turned into to, <laughs> sure. um, a, pool towel. a pool towel. Yeah. And then uh-huh. he just like bursts into tears at the drop of a hat. Like is he's upset. He's, upset. he's a big softy. Yeah. So the tone now that he's crying, the tone shifts a little bit. <laughs> Hagrid accepts their apology and they they visit. And that and then it's over. <laughs> and they it's time to go back up to the castle. Um they they see McLagan trying to enter the Great Hall, and on his first try, he bounces off the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's very funny. Um Ron goes in, but Harry grabs Hermione and is like you confronted him. And she's like, yeah. Are you going to tell Ron? And he's like, I'd rather die. And she's like, so I guess that's that, huh? <laughs> this We take this to our graves. <laughs> Time for dinner. <laughs> Ron's like, what's going on? They're like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then he's like, oh, yeah. you two shagging. Probably. Uh, ew. That's what they uh, say. Slug- <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I haven't had to hear Ron say that with my own ears, and I'd like to keep it that way. Slughorn catches Harry and invites him and Hermione to, like, a dinner. Mm-hmm. One of the Slug Club dinners. Um, hey, Ron's standing, like, right there. <laughs> Just as if he wasn't even there. As if he wasn't even there. Um, Slug's like, don't even worry, Harry. I'll move your detention with Snape. And he, like, walks away, and Harry's like, okay. It's already been postponed once. Good luck. And that was by Dumbledore only. Like, no one else has that power. Uh, I would be so fucking pissed. Well, and Slughorn's the only one who would try. Like, I don't think any of the other teachers would try. Yeah, he's the only one that, like, 
doesn't realize Snape's reputation. Yeah. Or care or cares. Which he probably just doesn't pay attention. Yeah. He's this kooky old man. <laughs> exactly. So after dinner, they go up to the common room. Um, Hermione picks up a copy of the Evening Prophet, and she's like, "Oh, your dad's in." I I think if I, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Ron says anyone we know die, and she's like, "Your dad's." He in said here. that earlier. Oh, he said that earlier. Okay. She's like, "Your dad's in here," and he's like, "Why?" And she's like, "No, no, he <laughs> raided the Malfoy's house. Um, this is the Ooh. second time they've ra- raided Malfoy Manor." And it's like. The article is like a confidential tip. And Harry's like, that's me. I'm the confidential tip. <laughs> so like they're letting these Death Eaters kids into Hogwarts. still. Yeah. But I guess if they don't have the evidence yet. That's the thing is like they everyone's being searched on their way into Hogwarts. So like yeah. there's nothing, e- no evil possessions. But like, yeah, because they were talking about the what Harry saw and everything. And like, well, they searched them. You have to think, though, that, like, a wand is like a gun. Mm. Like, you can just kill someone with it. So it's like, you wouldn't just be allowed to bring, like, a gun to boarding school. Well, you could just, if you had a really sharp quill, you could also just jab someone with it in the leg. Yeah, stabbing's a little different, I feel like. You get a good poke out of a wand without the magic, just like... (laughs) (laughs) Now that's chaotic. Yeah. Like it's in your pocket and someone's saying something stupid and you just go, just like <laughs> side jab them real quick. I could see Hermione doing that to Ron or Harry. That's very funny. <laughs> or like a little zap. Like a little, little, little shock. Instead of like when you do like the fake gum and someone tricks you and you pull it out and it's like, oh, yeah. if someone's being dumb, just a little like, yeah, that. I guess that's technically trauma. We would shock be absolute therapy. menaces if we yeah. had wands that would have done that. And I can just imagine what my mother would have been like if I had something like that growing up. I mean, it just would have been confiscated immediately. Immediately. Well, that's the end of the chapter. Fauna, is there anything that you want to go back to? Anything we didn't talk about? Any yes. final words? There is the tidbit that came to my brain after going into the rabbit hole yes, of okay. Harry and his textbook. So, like, this is where my train of thought was. The idea of fucking around and finding out the things that are dangerous, and then what happens when you start experimenting with things in real life, if it's chemistry, bio, like, different things. But even if it's just, like, the idea of spells. Uh-huh. And within, like, the witchcraft realm, like, if you're combining chemicals or oils together in burning things and you don't know what they do, there are still dangerous reactions you can very, cause by yeah, accident that's and not so realize. Dangerous and scary. Yeah, there are things you can very easily make by common household uses that could kill you very, very quickly and not have to burn them or anything. Like, you need to be careful. That's why things have warnings on them. Yeah. So the scary part, which I do think Hermione should have, like, Focused on, hey, this might be dangerous versus you're like a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater kind of thing. (laughs) Or in like the jealousy. Made me think into the next thing is the idea of magical ethics. And the idea of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Wow. And like magical ethics, I think, is the one subject that they definitely like don't teach at Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah. Like they say there's forbidden spells. But I would say that's the most they really get. But a teacher does them at school. Yeah. With he permission, knows them I guess. For a lesson. That's crazy. 
And I think they know what spells people do because apparently, like, if they do them, it sounds like they just automatically know it's like registered to them for some reason. Like your wands are registered to the Ministry of Magic, kind of weird thing. Yeah, it is weird. Depending on how far you get down the lane, one of a big topic within the real witchcraft realm is when it comes to magical ethics and the biggest argument of should you, should you not fuck around, find out kind of thing is the idea of a love spell. I know people who said that they've had one done on them and the idea of it felt weird. It wasn't natural. And at what point is that, and I've done an episode on this and the idea of at what point does that take away someone's bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. like if you do a magical spell on someone and you go through a full-blown relationship with them at what point is that assault i think like almost instantly because if they technically did not give proper consent would that be the equivalent of if they were intoxicated so the same thing with like you hear about that with what it was a voldemort's family parents mom and dad yeah yeah his dad tom marvolo and his mom marope gaunt or merope yeah yeah, but, like, he got real pissed when he, like, came out of it or something. He, like, came out of it, and he's like, what the fuck have I been doing this whole time? Exactly. Like, so like, has a theory that she thought that he would love him now, like, after all this time. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. like, that was, like, forced. Yeah. And so the idea of how that can be tied back to Harry's book is the thing is, like, fucking around and finding out in... Just because you can doesn't mean you shouldn't, and that's a big thing for people who are interested in magic if it's in real life but also we see that example within these books that yeah things can be dangerous just because it's magical doesn't mean it's not unsafe yeah we talked about this a lot in the last episode because that's the episode where we go back and like meet the gaunt family about like definitely using a love potion is like non-consent but also merope voldemort's mom like did not she and technically, no Ron she, was under was, one was, the like, previous really year. Yeah. And Ron was under one in fourth year, right? That's, he a, that's, like, the that's later this book. Oh, this book? Oh, I thought that was... Oh, that's it's right. It's Renilda Vane. They, I think... The, <gasps> yeah. Does she get mentioned in this chapter? She yeah. gets mentioned in almost every chapter, building her that's up right. to be the love potioner. That's right. Okay, so that's this book. Yeah, so at what point is that assault? Right away. Yeah. I think this. I think the second you touch them, like if you... Love potion someone just to see if it works. I mean, no, making anyone do anything they don't want to sucks. But if, if you love potion someone, I don't know, by accident or something, and then you just steer clear of them until it wears off or whatever. What happens if you, you love know. potion yourself? Well, I we were talking about I, when Mary Clay was on um, with Michael Boothby. We were talking about like what your what your love potion would smell like, and she was talking about Sean. And I'm like, my love potion's not gonna smell like Sean. I'm married to him. I don't need to give him a love potion. Like I I, I I've done whatever the legal version of a love potion is. I'm married to him. Yeah, my right. love potion is gonna be doing something else. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um when we say Harry Potter is soft magic. There's a lot of, uh, what did they say in Doctor Who? Wibbly, wobbly, magic magic magic-y shit in this. (laughs) Yeah, wibbly, wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah. They just hit 60 years almost. Oh, my God. Wow. That's incredible. Harry Potter is wibbly, wobbly, (laughs) magic-y, stupidity. Bippity-bobbity-boo. Yeah. I mean, magical ethics would be a great class, but no one does it, and that's why Dumbledore is currently raising Harry for slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah. Leela, do you have any last thoughts about the chapter? I liked that um, sweet little bit we get between Harry and 
um, um, withers. What's Witherspoon? What's the fucking bird's name now? <laughs> Buck of Witherwings. Witherwings. <laughs> Witherspoon. <laughs> he's like, he's like speaking to him about Sirius, and like he doesn't talk about Sirius to anybody. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's wow. Sweet. You really love this bird more than, or trust this bird more than any other human. Well, or he won't repeat his secrets. He's like, you miss him too, huh? It's really sad. Uh, so is that his, does he have two owls now? No. No, this is, uh, no. Buckbeak. Buckbeak, the hippogriff. Uh, he sees yeah, them outside right. Hagrid's house because he like, had to run away yeah, from Hagrid's exactly. house, but now no. I was thinking because you said a name, you didn't say Buckbeak, but whatever you said, he's yeah, Witherwings. Witness protection program name. Uh, <laughs> I was a little confused. Yeah, but like fair. no, that makes sense. He goes goes right back to a previous owner. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's move on to plugs. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Fauna, remind the people where they can find you on the internet. So you can find me at Cats Tea in Witchcraft on Instagram. I'm not even going to plug X or Twitter or anything. Yeah. Um, once upon a time. Um, and if you guys ever want to send an email, it's Cats Tea in Witchcraft podcast at gmail.com. But for are, can we do books or anything now? Yes. No, uh, okay. no film or TV because of yes, the strikes. But exactly. definitely let the people know. Um, if you guys are interested in the topics or a wide range in a series um, that you're interested in, in real magic and witchcraft that gives good explanation. I would look into the author, uh, Christopher Penzak, his um, Temple of Witchcraft series. There's multiple books in it. They do range between like $30 to $40 per book, but they are very worth it. And there's a lot of pre-owned ones you can get, ones that are probably annotated. Mm-hmm. It's like the book oh, in this chapter. Decorated, you mean. Um, decorated. <laughs> um, but they're very good books, very good series. Um, I'm on one of them that focuses more on goddess energy but there's like the first couple ones in the series are like very good history introductory things that help get you into a good rhythm and routine with exercises and Mm -hmm. there's so many like one of the ways i like to tell people how to know if a book might be decent is to look at its sources itself if there is more than like four or five sources or like Anything less than 15, I would say a book might not be well-researched because you, there is so much. And even if they all just say the same thing, the fact that you have tried and seen and confirmed or denied certain information or the quality of books, if you're trying to find new books or extra references, because so many people I see in forums are like, what's the one book you should have that'll have everything you need? There's no such thing. I'm sorry. If you were looking for a book and not just off the top of my head, I'm going to figure out, fuck around, find out sort of mindset. If you want to go beyond the beginner, like basic, pretty kind of books, like actual quality books, you need to find books that are dense, may or may not look kind of boring and have a huge like appendices, table contents and things that show all like the bibliography stuff and everything. And that's a good way to find some of your sources if you're interested in my realm of mm-hmm. these topics. I love that. Hell yeah. I like research in school. I honestly miss college, not for the tests, but for the actual learning part and being a witch yeah, you gives just, me that satisfaction. That exactly. That. Gives me that satisfaction. Awesome. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you, Fauna. Lila, where can the people find you? 
I'm Leela. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Leels for Reels. Um, and I would like to plug a book called She Who Became the Sun by Ooh, okay. Shelley Parker Chan. Um, I'm almost done with it. And yeah. it's really good so far. It's uh it's set in like the thirteenth century China. Um, like mm-hmm. right um towards the end of the um uh, the I don't I can only think of the word Han and that surely isn't right. The Han? Han, yeah. The Han no yes. Like no. Yeah, I think yes. so. Genghis Khan. Khan, Khan, Khan. Okay. The Genghis Khan people. So you and... forgot my last name. Is that what just happened? <laughs> oh shit. You're so right. It's even almost spelled the same. No, it's not. There's like an H in there. I'm a white person. I just want to be clear. It's spelled the German way. The German way or they came over from Ellis Island and they wrote the name wrong. Whoa. You never know. Yeah. It's a good book. Give it a read. Yeah. I read that one too. It's really crazy. <laughs> it's really cool, but you it's one of those books where you keep just being like, oh my gosh, she's not. Oh my gosh, she did. Hmm. Yeah. I might have to look at that. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. This week I'm gonna plug The Ten Thousand Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. It's a lot of doors. Yeah, it's a lot of doors. You only really have to deal with like three or four of them. Um okay. but it, it it's like a <laughs> one of those like books about portals you know doors to other worlds it's really beautiful it's uh advertised as for fans of the star uh the starless sea by aaron morgenstern which is one of my favorite books i found this one to be a really fun adventure um a lot of really cool no just i just described everyone describes all their plugs way too long so <laughs> i know i was trying i tried to i definitely recommend that book that is that. Fauna, thank you so much for joining us for yet yeah, no another problem. episode of the Restricted Thank you for section. having me. Will you come back for of one course. more time? One final time for, um, what the fuck is the name? The Deathly Hallows? Yeah, of course. One more time. and That'll be the end of it. Awesome. Uh, and Leila, as always, thanks for being my co-pilot. Tally-ho. Oh, I feel like that carries more meaning now that we're actually working on a project together that we're going to announce all the listeners soon. Yeah, but you have to keep listening if you want to hear. <laughs> Just keep listening. And that's the end of the episode. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy.
Have you ever gotten so distracted in Stardew Valley that you forgot to sleep? Have you realised that you have a whole room in your house full of dolls? Or have you even bored your friends to sleep talking about your passion? Well then, Content Capable is the podcast for you. Join me, Sam, as I chat to people passionate about what they do, asking questions about how they fell in love with their passion, what they do, and how it interacts with their day-to-day lives. Catch the podcast every Monday as I find out what makes someone tick, all while gleaning interesting and insightful life lessons along the way. There'll be laughs, a bit of crying, a whole lot of conversations, and we learn just a little bit more about the world around us. medicine was invented I think whiskey was the answer to like starting to get a cold yeah just give that kids a spoonful of the good stuff yeah what they used to say and a spoonful of whiskey to shut them up or make them feel better yes (laughs) (laughs) Dave X Media